0: When life gets harder, you get smarter. You don't mission, you level up like a boss. Connect Vox Fiber to your home starting from 554 Rand per month. Level up your experience with Airtie's Wi Fi boosters, Vobi Voice app calling, Office 365, and over 160 other products to enhance your lifestyle. Live smart, level up with Vox. Visit vox.co.za to view our range. Tease and C's apply. I'm Duncan MacLeod, and I'm Richard Berg. This is Talk Central, episode two six one for the week starting twenty sixth May, twenty nineteen.
1: Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. Join our YouTube live stream on Sundays at one pm, and hit that subscribe button.
0: On Talk Central this week, it's Trump's way or the Huawei. <laughs> also on the show this week,
1: are, head, are are your headphones spying on you? Plus, Facebook's
0: move. Facebook moves ahead rather with plans to launch a cryptocurrency. Welcome to report full year results and the feature update to Windows 10. Hmm,
1: I'm not quite ready for that one, yet, Duncan. <laughs> it's Sunday afternoon we're live streaming on YouTube, and it's time to talk everything tech.
0: Well, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Rahat? How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. Uh, let's dive straight into our quiz before I forget about it. Do you want to do the first <laughs> question?
1: <laughs> well, certainly the first question in this week's quiz. While we're developing a smartphone operating system that could replace Android on future devices for the com- from the company, what is the operating system called?
0: And Facebook will reportedly launch its own cryptocurrency, a so-called stablecoin, early next year.
1: What is it called? The third question, the CEO of, Sel- of, of ESCOM announced this week that he's stepping down, citing health reasons. Who is he?
0: And Amazon is reportedly working on a device that does what exactly?
1: And the last question, which South African mobile operator provides the best customer service, according to the South African Customer Satisfaction Index? And I should have said a wearable
0: device that Amazon is working on. And we'll get to the answers uh, to the quiz, as always, at the end of the show. But, uh, Rechard, what a week it's been uh, since... Last Sunday, when we were actually talking about Huawei and the u s and uh, potential implications, and I think we actually spoke about the possibility of of uh, of Google uh, pulling the plug on Android for Huawei and what that might mean and I think we we kind of concluded that it was you know you know that was unlike, unlikely to happen that it was the nuclear option that uh, trump wouldn 't dare do that would he and uh, literally hours after we finished recording last Sunday. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Uh, not well, only. Things
1: escalated pretty quickly there after that podcast. I wonder yeah. if anybody was listening.
0: The war went hot. <laughs> and, um, Huawei went hot, yeah. Huawei went hot. But um, not only Google's Android, but uh, um, directives to um, other key suppliers in the US, including chip makers like Intel and Qualcomm and Micron Technology and others, um, basically cutting off, as one headline put it, Huawei at the kneecaps. Um, at, at face value, um, this certainly seems to put Huawei into a very difficult position, right?
1: Yes, let's not forget they've been given a 90 day extension on this. Um, I'm starting to think that it's been being used as a bargaining chip. Mm. Um, you know, Trump is saying, okay, guys, this is the power we hold. Look at the implications. Let's start talking. I hope certainly that is it so that things get back to normal. But. Um, yeah i 'm starting to sweat a bit for the company and for tech in lo- at large because this has got some pretty serious ramifications, and I think a lot mm. of companies are going to start acting and operating very differently after this and however this turns out
0: yeah yeah it's it 's like a nuclear bomb has gone off in the uh, in the consumer electronics industry um, and it 's going to reshape the smartphone industry as we know it for years to come
1: yeah it is and i 'm actually i 'll just showed you this before for the show but i 'm going to go back to my Nokia 105 there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the fancy features. I think that's going to be the only thing that survives after this uh, telecom apocalypse. telecom apocalypse, if I can put it like that. tech Take, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but it is very serious. Um, I mean, from a consumer perspective, I suppose the, I suppose the ma- major worry is this uh, news about Android. And if you currently own a Huawei device, um, are you going to get um, f- future updates? And that's not clear at all at this stage um it it certainly appears unless something dramatic happens between now and their next phone launch uh, which is probably going to be the next major phone launch will be the mate 30 pro which i think is due around august september time frame Uh, and if something doesn't happen before then that device may have to be either cancelled or they're going to have to launch it with a completely new operating system
1: yeah, that, I I can't see that they would cancel the launch. Um, they probably launched with the operating system. If their plans, as they say, is advances where they are for their own operating system, yeah. but I don't, I, I can't see that it is ready yet. Um, but uh, a, again, you know, for existing users, my biggest fear as a as a Huawei phone user is I'm probably not going to get that next Android update then. Um, if that yeah. comes at the yeah. end of the year, we're not going to get that next big update, or at least not officially. Um. You might have to root your phone
0: and uh, do it yourself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I really don't want those headaches. I I specifically thought Android was at a very stable place now. And even though you can't really blame Alphabet and, you know, company Android for this, Mm -hmm. you you know, it's kind of leaving leaving existing Huawei users with a sour taste in their mouth for the Android operating system or at least with smartphones in general because this kind of thing, if this can happen, relatively easily i think you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um any chinese manufacturer is at risk you're uh, right any for. chinese product is at risk you're quite right and uh, and and, and Android, this tv anything
0: yeah and this must have a huge uh, impact i mean consumers are watching this closely you can be sure um i mean would you go and buy a brand new huawei phone today knowing what we know
1: today no no
0: i wouldn't no neither would i
1: and so this is. F- and even, even less so if I'm an uneduc- I mean, I'm a techie and I might even say, okay, depending on. I was going to say maybe maybe if the phone is good enough and I can maybe tinker with it, but definitely not for the average consumer and I wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's
0: risky. Point. You're taking a risk if you buy a Huawei phone. And that's a huge problem for, for Huawei, which has been steadily building itself up as a very serious player in in the smartphone market. They're. Uh, you know they've overtaken apple as the second biggest smartphone manufacturer in the world and they had designs on becoming number 1 by the end of this year overtaking its career samsung electronics uh i can't see that happening now because there is consumer fear is going to drive people away from this brand unless something changes meaningfully in the coming weeks
1: mm. and it it is such a pity because in my opinion, Huawei is the best smartphone manufacturer at the moment. If you look at their devices, uh, it, it's just a notch above everything else, I think. Um, you, can comp- you can compare a lot of similarities, but uh, in my opinion, this thing is solid, or at least they, they, they're flagship phones.
0: In my, in my view, you're right. I think they've caught up with Samsung. They, they're at least on a par with
1: Samsung in terms of Android flagships now. Um, but then I would go a step further and maybe argue the operating system and, and, and the, the, uh, the stuff that they put on it. In that department, Huawei would uh, probably reign supreme again. I'm yeah. not, not a fan with what uh, Samsung does with the operating system and that kind of thing.
0: They're, they're t- what used to be called TouchWiz, I forget what it's TouchWiz, called. It yeah, yeah. used to be called TouchWiz. No, they, they've made a lot of improvements to it over the years, but um, I hear what you're saying. Um, now the, the question, I suppose, is whether um, is whether Huawei is going to be able to pull a, the proverbial rabbit out of the hat with this Hong Meng OS that they're developing. Now, executives from Huawei have said that the Hongmeng OS will run all Android applications, um, and I presume that um, you know even if these if these new handsets that, that do run Hongmeng OS. Uh, don't have the Google Apps, um, Huawei will make it relatively easy for users to sideload them in some way so when you start up your phone and set it up um, to start with uh, that um, there'll be a button saying would you like to install the um, the Google Apps and as, as Google has pointed out the agreement the contracts uh, for the use of those apps is not between Google and Huawei it's between Google and the end-user um so there may be a technical or legal loophole that Huawei can jump through here now even if they even if they're precluded from incl- from including um apps like uh, american apps like uh, or google apps like um um chrome and and uh, youtube and uh, all the others it provides and potentially you know prevented from offering other us apps like facebook and whatsapp and that sort of thing um presumably there'd be a way for you for them to make it easy for you to get those apps anyway um, even if it's through some sort of side loading process during the installation of the phone.
1: Yeah, just getting those APK files would be easily enough, um, and you can install it in any case. Yeah, but that does change it a bit. I mean, I wasn't aware that they that they were planning on um, actually, you know, being so compatible with the Android operating system. I mean, obviously it makes sense now that I think now that I think about it. But that does make a bit of a difference, and if if that works really well. And their operating system can take things maybe a notch further. And Mm -hmm. they're competing now on a software and a hardware level with full compatibility for existing developers so that they don't have to port apps. Maybe they can take that idea even a step further, uh, uh, you know, on four other platforms. Yes. Now we're talking about um, a company that kind of got forced to break away from the system, and they could be an even bigger disruptor. Yes. Which uh, I'm always rooting for the underdog. But Yes. um, That could be a very interesting time ahead.
0: As a number of uh, commentators have pointed out this week, uh, Trump may have inadvertently created a third major uh, mobile operating system competitor.
1: Yeah, it's scary stuff. Now, the conspiracy. Sorry, please go for it.
0: I was just going to say, and that might be a good thing because Android is so dominant and competition is always good.
1: Well, the conspiracy theorist in me, and I I always love talking about this type of thing, (laughs) but imagine a world where... This is really about Apple, and I'm obviously just speculating, the science fiction writer in me. But imagine a world where, where, where Apple's plans were, Apple and the U.S.'s plans were to dominate the globe by doing that exact thing that they are accusing Huawei of, which is <laughs> get their f- device into the hand of everybody, and then they can control pretty much a lot of things, right? The narrative, what they see. Um, and when, then when they saw competitor Huawei coming up with it, uh, <laughs> they thought, no, 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 we can't let this happen. But um, yeah, I like to speculate and joke about these things.
0: Yeah, I mean, is—I think there's a, there are a lot of conspira- conspiracy theorists, if I can call them that, in the U.S. government about um, about Huawei and China and what they're doing. Um, I think one must remember that—that uh, that, uh, you know, w- let's just remem- remember back to the um, to the Edward Snowden files uh, and what the National Security Agency was doing uh, and probably still is doing. Um, so so maybe the the Americans are are so conscious and and aware and, and and fearful of of what China might be doing because um, in many respects the u s government 's been doing the
1: stuff themselves mm. look i mean if you, if you really want to be talking um, kind of ethics behind the reasons for a lot of these things, you know most parts most electronics hardware hardware is made in china, so <laughs> you know it's kind of it's again it's a bit of a weird problem they if they are accusing Huawei of this type of thing um they should be looking very deeply at every other company that they are dealing with um, and the ramifications of that from China's side is also pretty large, right? I mean, if, if China's in a position to also cut some American companies off, if they, yeah. if they, if they really want to make a drastic move like that.
0: No, if, 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 Amer- if, the, if China wanted to retaliate, they could do enormous damage. I mean, just remember the iPhone is made in China. Uh, and if, if China was to say, well, sorry, guys, you can't make your phone here anymore, um, or you can't sell your iPhone in China, um, it would do enormous damage to Apple.
1: The factories are there, right? And you need the factories to make the hardware. You can't just mm. uh, open up a new store somewhere and, and start selling the iPhones. So I would say, in many ways, China holds the cards for the long term. Mm. It's causing a lot of damage. Uh, America, is co- uh, Trump is causing a lot of damage in the short term. Um, and again, it's the implications for broader industry is, is yeah. huge. Now, the question does remain, is there something we don't know, you know, in terms of U.S., China, politics? um, I don't know, anything really goes these days, but is there something that we don't know? And if that's the case, we should be looking or then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if Trump starts looking at another company called HIK Vision, which they they make basically all the cameras in the world. They're already doing that. They've already
0: put them on the watch list.
1: But they're not banned yet. I mean, that's almost a bigger threat for me if if that is where where the U.S. is going with their thinking, right?
0: Yeah. And, of course, all those voomer cams that are popping up all over Joburg are Hikvision cameras. Mm. Um, but it's interesting. I think China's response so far has actually been fairly muted. Um, you know, if if they were going to be hot-headed about it, I think they, they could have done quite a lot of damage already. But they they've clearly decided they're going to they 're going to sit back and, and take a wait and see attitude, which I thought was interesting, because if they 'd wanted to they could have, they could have hit back immediately and and the obvious target to go after is apple
1: yeah but i I think there's, there's some negotiation tactics happening, which is oh, yeah. which is why the thing seems to be so slow and seemingly playing out. But yeah, I'm, w- I'm waiting for that headline. I mean, what, we, we, we've we got a track record now with uh, <laughs> with Sunday afternoon, so maybe we'll hear something in the next 24 to 48 hours.
0: Later today, yeah, possibly. Um, I'm hoping the only big announcement coming out later today is the appointment of Sir Oromopausa's cabinet. Um, but I suspect that might be pushed out uh, to tomorrow. But, but if you look at this as well, and, um, you know, China isn't n- um, blameless in this whole thing. Um, Just remember that that there are half a dozen, a dozen, possibly more American companies that are effectively banned from operating in China. Um, uh, Facebook isn't there. Google isn't there. Um, Google refused to comply with the uh, Chinese government censorship demands. Um, There are plenty of other companies, Twitter. um, China's just banned Wikipedia of all things. Uh, This is not a freedom-loving government. This is not a democracy. Um, uh, you know, so so in some respects, while Trump is hitting Huawei and, and and some of the other big tech companies in China, China has for a very long time been very allergic to f- foreign competition, particularly from American internet companies. Um, now, I, th- I think a lot of that's been driven by um, by China's um, desire for censorship and for its people not to have a full view of what's going on in the world. Um, but they 're not exactly the nicest regime
1: and I think that this is probably the bigger debate we should be having you know post this whole what i don 't know it 'll be something gate or somebody will coin something interesting <laughs> and clever there, but the ethics of china china's you know chinas a, com- a country and the companies it, or the companies that it has within the country right. Mm-hmm. If, if there's issues there, we should be talking about that. And that, if, again, affects virtually all electronics around the world. Um, I don't think you can have one without the other necessarily. I mean, I'm not saying it's good what they do, but a lot of the tech we have is solely you know, due to the fact that they've got those type of mechanisms in place, I guess. Mm. Nobody can manufacture stuff cheaper which has a benefit in African economies where we can't always afford uh, expensive electronics, so we get cheaper cell phones or smartphones. Um, but, yeah, we should be having that larger con- conversation around, really, if, if, if we are going to be condoning things, condoning how they treat their people and the censorship there, and then, you know, do we then support their products? Mm-hmm. It's a difficult conversation to have because it does impact every part of our lives, and people aren't comfortable with that. To give up their prized electronics... You're going to have to do that if, uh, if, if this thing is going to be turning into into a bigger bigger mm. game.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be, certainly in, in, in the ICT industry, this is going to be the big global story over the next three to five years. It, it certainly is going to be. Um, maybe not the biggest story. Overall, in the next five years, but um, it's it's certainly going to have a transformative impact on the on the IT industry. And uh, you know, everyone's focusing on, of course, on the Huawei handsets, but um, it's not just that. It's the construction of of new five G telecommunications networks, where Huawei is a early, is an early leader. They've invested a huge amount of money in R and D over the last uh, five, six, seven years, getting ready to be a significant player in five G. And they 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 are um, they are w- without these latest developments, they were poised to become the leading global supplier of five G telecommunications equipment, and of course, Huawei uh, is is branching increasingly into traditional IT. Um, you know, they've got a huge enterprise division. They've launched cloud computing uh, or cloud data centers around the world, including here in South Africa. Uh, they're competing head on with companies like Dell and and EMC and and IBM and. Uh, Cisco, of course historically they 've competed with Cisco, um, but they they 're building a huge enterprise I- ict business they uh, they, 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 they don 't only have ambitions in in consumer electronics and in building telecommunications networks they want to be a full service tech giant that provides you with uh, with everything and competes with some of the leading players uh, which tend mostly to be a, a big american big listed American technology companies. Uh, and there's no doubt the Americans and Trump and uh, and U.S. politicians uh, see the rise of this company, and it's been a spectacular rise over the last five years, as as a threat to um, to their high tech industry, which uh, which really has led American growth over the last uh, five years. It it's actually been leading American growth for for much longer than that. But uh, um, mm. the performance of American tech companies um, has been spectacular um, since. The what did they call it? The great the great recession back at the end of two thousand nine, beginning of twenty ten, um, and so Huawei is a threat to them. Um, it's geopolitics though, and uh, whether Trump is uh, yes. is is going to um, emerge as or, or whether he'll be shown to be right in his decisions five years from now, we'll, we, we'll only know then. Um, but uh, whether this also will will halt. The rise of China's high-tech ambitions is is open to question. I, I personally don't think it will. I think it may even make China stronger in the long term because um, because they now realise that uh, you know they they don't necessarily they can't be guaranteed access to American technology in the future. So they're going to do everything they can to build their own silicon in China, uh, and they are going to build their own operating systems. Uh, because they can't be guaranteed even if this current storm blows over that in future, it won't happen again. And, and, uh, and Google and or Microsoft and or other companies uh, are told by the US government, sorry, you can't provide the software. So I think it actually may strengthen China in the long term and make them more innovative and self reliant.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, if you suppress the oppressor, right, they're just going to hit back harder because they don't, they don't think about this in logical terms. They would just want to dominate even harder because they've been uh, I think they're thinking in extremely logical
0: terms. They're realizing that there's uh, a threat to their um, to the to the high tech industry's existence, there um, not being able. Oh, no, to-
1: sure, okay, yeah, yeah. I I used the wrong word there. No, you're right. Um, okay, but they they would they would certainly hit uh, back much harder. But the thing for for China that we also need to remember is they've really got their own econ- economy that they can ha- that can probably happily sustain them. I mean, they've got a, a massive population there, right? Mm. Um, so. If they just remove all American-based branding and just have their own branded devices in there running their own operating system, mm. um, they'll probably be very self-sufficient. The world will lose out, or America will lose out, because they won't have access to that fancy tech that builds these phones, apart yeah. from a few Silicon fabs uh, scattered around the world. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but I think, I think. China and the Huawei brands are going to be much stronger in the long run because of this. Mm-hmm. The question is, how will um, consumers like us kind of stuck in the middle, literally in the middle between these two factions, yeah. how, how is it going to affect us and our tech usage? Um, how is it going to affect our current phones? You know, we love Android. We love Google services. I mean, mm. gee, we can't, <laughs> we can't survive without them. Will we be forced to make a choice to switch brands now, or will they actually develop, deliver a really yeah. cool operating system it's going to blow us out of the water. Um, yeah, this look what Android did for the for the smartphone industry. Yeah. What if we see a fifth or sixth revolution of that, and all of a sudden we have a truly open platform that anybody can plug into? <clears throat> again, they've got a very strong user base to begin with. Um, I don't even know what the population numbers is. But It's about
0: um, 1.4 billion, I think. Wow. That's a big market. Yeah, I mean,
1: so, <laughs> so, I mean, you, you've, got, you've got enough to sustain it. But again, we have to come back to the question, you know, if we're going to be talking ethics and anything around this, we really need to talk about do we need to support China in all of these things? you know? And, but South Africa, we're very close to them. So Africa is also very close yeah, to China. So through
0: BRICS, the BRICS uh, set up. And, and there was a very interesting article on, on Bloomberg this morning, which we republished on Tech Central, uh, well worth a read, um, basically saying, and it's, it's not just um, us consumers who are going to have to make decisions about whether or not to begin to buy Chinese technology, but it's actually a political decision that every country around the world is going to have to make. Um, much like in the Cold War, uh, back in the 1980s, where um, where countries had to decide whether they were whether they were aligned to Russia or whether they were aligned to the West, um, in many respects, this article argues um, countries are going to have to choose whether they're aligned to Team America or to Team China. Um, and um, whatever decision they make can, can have a, a big long-term impact um, because these countries are spending money. And you know, if you align with the U.S., the U.S. is going to probably be much more amenable to investing in your country. And the same, I would imagine, with China. So, in in, in some respects, we're kind of back to that Cold War situation. Um, just uh, it's not Russia this time; it's China versus America.
1: Do we really have to choose? I mean, we had such a good time. The internet was—we just got fiber. Now we have to choose, <laughs> like you know, where we're gonna want to to uh, connect to. It's uh, it's it's not ideal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anything else we need to talk about on the Huawei subject? Uh, I suppose a lot of it is is information we're gonna find out in the coming weeks. Huawei's gonna release more information about. Um, about its new operating system. Uh, we'll get some more detail on which devices it's going to come to. What will be interesting is uh, whether uh, when they eventually do release uh, the Hengmong OS, whether um, people with existing um, Huawei devices, like the Mate 20 Pro, for example, or the P30 Pro, which was released recently, uh, will be able to have the option of installing that instead of Android.
1: Yeah, would you? <laughs> I don't I'll, know. Look, I mean, if it comes down to the next update, if if – if let's say I can't get the new Android update and the new operating system is equally and hopefully more impressive, then yeah, I will try it. I mean, the, yeah. the curious person in me, the, the journalist in me would also definitely install it and see what it's about.
0: Yes. yes. I'm just
1: hoping we're getting this uh, beautiful unicorn that can do some amazing things. Yeah. And, and, you know, if we if we hedge our bets on a company to do something impressive, it could be them if they pushed into a corner. But I guess the question is, were they ready with it was, did it fall in line with their time frame? Hmm. Maybe it's a year out, hmm. or maybe it's maybe it's ready. Maybe it has been ready for a year. They've been Probably working is. on it. They've been working on it for years. <laughs> they've been working
0: on it for I'm years. I'm talking
1: about like ready, like shipping ready to have it ready out yeah. into the market in this scale yeah. to take over the Android operating system. Mm. Probably. I mean, you know, they would plan for it, right? Like you say, they are logical.
0: They've described it as Plan B. That's their Plan B, and they've been working on it for years. So. Maybe the Mate 30 Pro in September when it ships, or October, will be running Hangmong.
1: And look, we know it's, it's going to be easy to flip the switch. I mean, you will be able to just have that little button in the beginning to say which operating system you want to use. Hmm. Old dated Android or the brand new shiny one? <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: give it a try. I'll give it a try. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if they'll make it available for uh, non-Huawei handsets. If they're smart, I think they will.
1: Yeah, it'll certainly. I mean, we've that hasn't really been the only thing that's been missing from this whole Android dream we've been promised, right? Buying an essentially a, a, a blank phone or a phone that you can do anything on, or install a choice of operating systems on, or something. Yeah. Um, we know why that doesn't work these days, but even it's hard to even get a vanilla-flavored Android device. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to to see at least an experimental version in the market, or at least a, an era mm. of. Operating systems. I mean, imagine if you have home builders who start developing, you know, there are a lot out there, but really good high quality theme based potentially go into a market and just buy whichever operating system you want to do either a gaming focused operating system or coding, whatever. I mean, the sky's the limit, right? Yeah. It could be very interesting the way it plays out.
0: I had a very interesting chat with um, the CEO of a company called Yola, spelled J-O-L-L-A this week. uh, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his almost unpronounceable Finnish name, but uh, the, the the discussion is on YouTube and on, on Tech Central if you want to have a look at it. Um, now, they, they developed something called the Sailfish OS, um, which uh, was an attempt uh, to provide a, or to develop a competitor to, to Android, and it came out of the old MeeGo OS. I don't know if you remember the MeeGo OS, Richard. Uh It was a yeah. collaboration between uh, Nokia and Intel, um, and they were developing this around the time uh, the original iPhone came out it wasn 't successful that partnership broke up, but the selfish OS development has continued and it 's got a huge uh, community of developers in china um, and um, its it, unlike some of the other attempts to to take on Android, like Firefox OS and Ubuntu Touch from uh, our own mark Shuttleworth um, it uh, they they um, Moved into the more of the business market and and providing the operating system to to business and and uh, public sector clients, um, but they're seeing a potentially a big opportunity to sell Sailfish to Chinese operators. So that's a another angle, another potential operating system. Um, it's well worth going to have a, a listen to that uh, to listen to that podcast. Um, uh, they they believe that uh, that uh, again, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, that this is really a Transformative event for the mobile industry and and it's really going to reshape things. But it'll be interesting to see if, if Sailfish OS starts to pop up on some of these Chinese smartphones.
1: Yeah, look, we we we're there now, right? I mean, the 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 line has been drawn, and we're going to have to see what's uh, what innovations going to come from it. Because at any big milestone in, in our technology history, there's been something that happened that spurred on a need, or that was that was something that was born out of you know some chaotic event. Yeah. Um, so we're living in those times, guys. Yeah. What were you doing when uh, the US banned Huawei? I mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> will we have those conversations?
0: <laughs> uh, Rishal Jagath in the, uh, in the in the chat room makes a good point. He says um, they also Huawei also manufactures a lot of Windows based laptops. Uh, and um yeah the huawei hasn't historically been a big player in the in the laptop market but they've they've been bringing out some very very sexy devices lately uh the huawei i think it's called the huawei mate x pro um or mac matebook 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 pro x or something like that matebook x pro i think it's called Uh, and it's a lovely looking machine um but it raises a good point as well uh if um if, if google's pulling the plug on android um, although that ban has been temporarily lifted until August, I think it is. Um, is Microsoft next? Is Microsoft going to say to Huawei, sorry, you can't have Windows for our laptops? Microsoft hasn't said anything, um, but uh, it's, it's the logical conclusion to draw. If, uh, if Google's not going to supply Android, surely Microsoft is not going to supply Windows.
1: But I think that's kind of a... Also more of a gray area, right because you can just sell it as a blank unit and then buy your operating system separately or ship the blank units to the country where it's gets sold mm. um, and then buy the, match the operating system from another vendor i mean that 's the easiest solution or just ship it with yeah. uh, Linux or something yeah but the, the hardware is really good, and you know the more we talk about this, and the more I think about this it, it really the simplest the simplest version of this really does seem to be that the u s is Trying to prevent China from taking over, you know, Apple or uh, Apple. I mean, I say Apple, but their companies, mm. um, because they want domination, obviously. I mean, it's it's yeah. a very simple movie plot, right? Mm. They see
0: they see that's China awful. as a threat to their high tech industry. It's, uh, I think that's what oh. what's at the heart of this. And I think everything else is a bit of a sideshow. Now, they've obviously expressed mm. a lot of concern about, about, um, security national security and, and having huawei build the next generation 5g infrastructure um, and and maybe there's some arguments to be made there that you know you know huawei is perhaps uh, perhaps um, in some way controlled by the chinese government and could they be forced to put back doors in their telecommunications equipment I, I still find that argument a little bit hard to digest though because if Huawei was to do that, and any of those back doors were was were ever found in their handsets or in their telecommunications gear, um it would be devastating for them i, I don't think they can do it. I don't think they'd get away with it
1: yeah, well, that would be immediate shutdown look on the flip side of the okay we, we we haven't seen anything reverse engineered because i'm sure somebody would have would have started looking mm. um but but on the other side. You know, the strategy, also a simple one in that, in that regard is first you f- you dominate the market with the legitimate product and then you start introducing the buggy stuff, if you know what I'm mm, saying. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying like in a world where that, if that really was the case. But again, I don't know. you know, we, we, we're living in a world where everything gets scrutinized. I mean, secrets aren't really secret anymore. People, and the hardware is out there and the software is out there. Yeah. I mean, people find what emojis are coming next or what features are coming next within the next smartphones by looking at code, lines of code and what they refer to. Um, you have to have those traces, I think. And uh, if, if you know what you're looking for, I guess, um, Someone you will have find to have it. those things. If, yeah, yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, uh, we have spent a lot of time talking about China and uh, and the US and geopolitics and Huawei. We should probably move on to the other stories that uh, we've got on our list this week, because uh, they're they're um, also very very interesting and important stories. And uh, the the first of those is uh, uh, that that Facebook is um, planning to launch its own cryptocurrency. This isn't uh, this isn't new, but we now have a, a sort of timeline on this, and they they're talking about um, early twenty twenty, so early next year, less than a year from now probably. To launch something called global coin Um, uh, certainly no uh, pretensions there Um, they uh, they are planning to launch it as a what's called a stable coin Um, that means a, a cryptocurrency that's pegged to an existing fiat currency like the us dollar or the south african rand or the british pound um uh, I think they 're probably going to do that because of the volatility in cryptocurrencies and then want some stability for their for the for the people who are going to use this. but the idea is that um, as I understand it uh, Facebook users are going to be able to use global coin to send money between each other it 's an interesting idea and uh, and facebook with which has um i think one point i forget how many active users they have is it over two billion now? I think it is over two billion. Um, Half the world, yes. <laughs> basically at least a third of the world is, is, is running Facebook. Um so that makes them instantly a, a potentially a very powerful player in fintech um and in monet- and in, in the monetary system. Um now they they've had discussions already with with central bankers, including the um the central bank of the UK. Um they've spoken, I believe, to the Federal Reserve Bank in the US and, and other uh, regulators around the world, other central banks around the world, so they're, they're clearly looking at this quite seriously. Even though they say they've only got a small team working on it at the moment, um, but just given the size of Facebook and its user base, it has the potential to be hugely transformatory I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of coming back to the previous conversation. I won't mention any of those words, but powerful companies like Facebook is—it's really something to watch. Yeah. Um, Every big, powerful tech company these days is something we really need to be looking very closely at. Uh, And if we look at all the companies that's kind of in the news these days, Facebook and the social media companies are the bigger demons in these stories. Mm. Um, None of the tech hardware companies has has really caused as many of these issues or or Mm. leaks of data. um, It shows you where and in which countries these problems lie. Now, with Facebook having all of this dominance, sorry, I think – their play could be a very successful one because now immediately you're tapping into, you know, every Facebook user, every you know, every user. And they they probably make it easy to use as well. Um, so now you can back a lot of you can back an API on this and hmm. now you're opening up a lot of possibilities for people to to to, to provide commerce functionality globally. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how SARS takes this and <laughs> it's, it's quite interesting well, because
0: you know um, we we haven't seen cryptocurrencies being used in a widespread way for daily commerce. Uh, if Facebook introduces a cryptocurrency that um, that is has the potential to be used by billions of people, and even if it's only used by tens of millions of people, um, it could legitimize the idea of cryptocurrencies as a daily transactional mechanism, uh, and um, it could it could in the end at the end of the day be hugely. Uh, important for the entire cryptocurrency market because, in many ways, it will legitimise it and perhaps make people more comfortable about using um, tokens like Bitcoin.
1: Exactly. I mean, if you look at how good, they, how well they've really um, implemented, although it's still quite difficult to use, but like their ad system, now any small business can really reach out to anybody else. Mm. The way that they, okay, and Google is also to a large degree, but the way that Facebook has done it for their audiences and now Instagram too, it's it's kind of revolutionized the way small businesses spend money on social media. I mean, you can spend 50 rand worth of ads. It's like Uber, right? Yeah. Um, cheaper, better, faster. Now, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see how they implement because small businesses is the core of a lot of you know, space, uh, Facebook's churn. Mm. Um, but again, sending money, um, using it, if I want to buy something from somebody, their marketplace is already pretty big. Tapping something, a payment system like this into it, they would own, you know, they would own the back end. It's a, it's a very profitable place to be.
0: Yeah, we'll hopefully get some more details about that uh, in the coming months. Um, but uh, I, I, I must say, uh, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of regulatory pushback um, against Facebook over this. Um, but I'm actually quite excited about it because of what it means for um, shaking up the financial system yeah
1: yeah I agree, and again, we should be yeah, we should look at them cautiously, because mm-hmm. Facebook is my bad books at the moment they they why is that Well, for a while now, no, it's just the way that they are treating data and the, you know the way that the company is i mean we've, you know again looking at all the headlines from the last few years, I mean they're an amazing company, but yeah. with so much power comes a lot of responsibility, right, and i'm hammering I'm butchering that quote completely, but there was great mm-hmm. uh, what what was that from the, from from the the Marvel movies? I've never great seen the Marvel movies. Great comes great responsibility. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. That's it. Um, yeah, very few of these big companies are showing it. But it's interesting to see how the tech is really uh, maturing. I've I've really known for well, I've always thought that Bitcoin um, and and cryptocurrencies is, is still very much in its infancy. Yeah, we haven't seen the last of it yet, by any stretch. We just don't understand it. We don't know how to implement it yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But it's been interesting to watch Bitcoins rise. Um, I've got the price here on my um, Elgato Stream Deck on my desk here, 7919.
1: i <laughs> <so laughs> um, jealous. Is that thing performing very nicely? I
0: believe you It's a beautiful piece of hardware. It's the Elgato Stream Deck, for anyone who doesn't know. It. It's actually aimed at, the, at gamers, but it's also very good for doing live streaming. Um, I still need to configure it uh, fully. Um, But uh, once I've got – and we're going to be using Wirecast for streaming in future. Um, I know we said in the last episode we'd be using um, OBS Studio. um, But I've settled on on Wirecast, and uh, Wirecast plays very nicely with the Elgato Stream Deck. So just to describe it, it's a series of – how many buttons? 15 buttons with little LCD screens, which are completely customizable. So I can hit a button and uh, a picture will pop up on the live stream, for example, or a video, or just about anything – um, but I've, I've configured it at the moment with a with a little clock and a little button that tells me the the uh, live Bitcoin price. It's just fallen by a dollar. I've <laughs> also, also got the USD ZAR exchange rate set up on it. But uh, um,
1: can you can you can you customize one of those buttons to buy and sell? So, as you see, you just go and buy and sell, buy and sell. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think you can pretty much customize this thing to do anything. Um, it's it's pretty pretty remarkable piece of gear. Um, Elgato Stream Deck, very impressed with it. But uh, um, need to learn a lot more about it. A lot of the sort of if triple T if this then that uh, functionality that you can that you can build into it. But uh, it's pretty cool. Right. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Oh, you were mentioning Rechard that um, it, it tends to be these internet companies that uh, leak data. Um, but interesting story uh, that has emerged in the last week about Bose, the maker of wireless headphones, very good wireless headphones. In fact, I'm wearing a pair. You're, of their, you're a big fan, yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a pair of their um, their wired ones at the moment, the Bose QC25s. Um, but this uh, this story relates specifically to Bose's um, wireless um, Bluetooth headphones. Uh, there was a story that appeared this week uh, saying that um, uh, that they are being sued uh, in a U.S. court uh, because um, their, their app, which they encourage you to download and install on your phone to improve the quality of the audio on your Bose headphones, has allegedly been um, sending data about everything you listen to back to Bose. And worst of worst of all, they've then been on-selling that data without your permission to third parties. (laughs) Um, So... Bose has denied it. They've issued a statement uh, saying we understand the nature of class action lawsuits and will fight the inflammatory, misleading allegations made against us through the legal system, uh, Bose said in a statement on its website. For now, we want to talk directly to you. Nothing is more important to us than your trust. We work tirelessly to earn and keep it. And we have for over 50 years. That's never changed and never will. Um, it's going to be an interesting class action lawsuit And, of course, it comes uh, just uh, days after the news emerged that uh, Apple has been accused, um, also, I think, in a class-action lawsuit, of um, selling customers iTunes purchase data uh, to a third party. Um, Three iTunes customers from Rhode Island and Michigan sued Apple on Friday in a federal court in San Francisco, seeking to represent hundreds of thousands of residents of their home states who allegedly had their personal listening information disclosed without their consent. Uh, I think what 's interesting about that one, Richard is that Apple of course is the was uh, not so long ago trumpeting it in huge billboards outside of c e s that what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone perhaps not
1: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, unless we say so you know that 's how we still have the last say in that yeah, but again, you know that's, every company so many of these companies are this the problems are huge within these companies, and now we mm-hmm. have you know, the other side of the, the the coin. I mean, it's really just a battle of wills and com- countries and because everybody's out to get your data, everybody's out to get the the most amount of money to extract the most amount of money from every yeah. human being. And that's really the, the bottom line of big corporates. Unfortunately, we love our tech, but we need to be more conscious consumers, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, w- w- what we don't know, obviously it's difficult for us to judge, but, you know, Post all of these events, and and we should already be using Facebook more wisely, and using Instagram and social media more wisely than what we did ten mm. years ago. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't have much power if we if we don't uh, stand up. Uh, class action lawsuits, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Windows 10 has a major update. The May, what's it called? The Windows 10 May 2019 update. Um, yeah. Microsoft really comes and needs to come up with better names for its uh, operating system updates. Um, I've installed it on my laptop. Um, I haven't had really had a chance to play with it yet. Um, I've been trying to get it installed on on various other Windows machines in my office, but uh, to no avail. The update just won't present itself. And uh, apparently, this is part of Microsoft's uh, after the uh, issues that happened after the October 2018 update. Um, they uh, are apparently pushing it out much slow, more slowly this time to avoid a repeat of that disaster where user. Data was deleted off people's hard drives, um, so so it's come pushing out slowly. So um, I suppose laptops might get it first because they've got a known set of hardware. And then if you've built your own PC with different components, then uh, Microsoft is probably going to push it out to you later because um, it it needs to gather more information on whether the updates on on those rigs, if I can call them that, are um, are working a hundred percent. So they're being very cautious. But it looks like a fairly exciting update. Um, I've obviously read about it and uh, played around with it briefly on my laptop. Um, but there, there's some interesting uh, there's some interesting improvements that have been released. Some interesting new features. Uh, you, you wanted to tell us about a few of them, Rekht?
1: Yeah. Well, I think uh, I'm going to start off with my favourite one, and I think this is this is something that should have been coming a long time ago. It's the Windows Sandbox that allows you to mm. now run applications kind of outside of, uh, you know, your live environment, your running machine environment. Um, you know, the kind of the geeky me is very happy with this because now it will allow me to be more curious with those files that I download, Duncan. I might go back onto the dark web and download EXEs. Yeah, and see what they do, you know. It's like incognito <laughs> mode for for your web browser. <laughs> But we know incognito mode doesn't really work, guys. Let's, uh, let's just be honest about that. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Windows Sandbox is a, is a very cool one. There's another a nice feature. Um, is a new light theme. Uh, you know, we've know, known about the introduction of dark theme. A lot of devices and apps now have dark mm. themes. But the light theme is taking things a step in the other direction. So going a step back from the default theme, um, it's kind of got a translucent look and kind a of feel to it, which, uh, which looks pretty cool. Another feature that I thought was was really nice from a um, long-standing Windows user point of view, especially from back in the day when you couldn't uninstall any of those default apps and games uh, that Windows ships with your machine. Now they've introduced a system where a lot of the default uh, applications like uh, your music calendar, mail, movies, TV, uh, calculator, and those kind of things can be uninstalled um, from the operating system, which is pretty cool. Um, And then the new cleaner start menu, so they've really updated the start menu. One of my biggest irks with (laughs) installing Windows these days, and I seem to do it a lot more often than I should, um, is all the bloatware that comes with it. Mm. And I've never understood why they don't allow you to give you an option to clean install. Um, Again, this is something we need to be addressing, but... uh, Relatively easy to uninstall, and they've kind of just worked on that to allow you to, um, to better manage yeah. your start menu. And it also looks a bit better at, uh, at start up. It doesn't look like a New York City billboard anymore. <laughs> do you use the start menu? Um, not often, but I do. I would say a few times a week, a handful of times a week. I actually go in there. I've got a few pinned um, stuff that's overflowed from my taskbar. Yeah. Um, so some of the rare apps I use, uh, lesser, lesser apps I use, I wouldn't yeah go in there and get
0: them. I think I think Windows 8 taught me not to use it because Windows 8 had that horrible full screen oh, display nice. that came up it was really terrible. Um and ever since I was, I know I used Windows 8 right up right up until Windows 10 came out and I um it kind of taught trained me not to use the start menu anymore. So I I I just put everything on the on the task task tray or the task bar at the bottom of the screen apps I use use regularly and if I need to open an app, it's not in my task tray. I hit the search icon rather than hitting the Windows button and I just type the name Mm -hmm. of the app, hit enter. And I I never actually go into into the start menu. Um, I I think the only time I ever do it is to shut the computer down or restart it. Um, Otherwise, I never go in there.
1: Yeah, I just clicked on mine again. There's a lot of stuff I actually still need to remove. Um, I I use nine... Eighty percent of it I don't use. Um, yeah. The others, I, you, I can probably be a bit more productive if I if I use your mechanism or your method. Um, but it's all habits. I yeah. you when the start menu was first introduced in ninety five, Duncan. No, it, no,
0: it goes. Bur- it's earlier than that, ah, isn't so- it? it? Oh no, it was ninety five. It was ninety five. What did Windows three point one use? I forget. It's so long ago now. Wasn't
1: that, <laughs> w- w- wasn't that like a really odd shaped menu? It looked like a Windows. It was Windows only with the the file menu. Yes, you're right. Everything was running within that weird GUI.
0: Yeah. Did you use Windows 3.1 back in the day?
1: Um, It was just before my time. I had some experiences with it, um, but I didn't really use it at home, so to speak. My my Windows at home was uh, 95.
0: Yeah. I think think the first version of Windows I used was Windows 3.0 which was a really horrible piece of software <laughs> uh, Three point. yeah i
1: went dos dos to windows 95 hardcore straight to
0: 95 yeah yeah <laughs> and then 98 and then did you ever use windows millennium edition
1: uh installed and loved and hate most of them but yeah i did most my, my the one that i used for the longest period of time that i remember was windows 2000 that was mm, that was very stable back in the day That yeah. was very
0: stable um yeah, I also ran Windows 2000 for a while. Um, I ran Windows Millennium Edition for about six months. I don't know how I actually managed to survive. The thing would give us a blue screen of death every 10 minutes. Um, it was, I think that I was
1: the- i vi- somewhere. I was It's not within arm's reach, but I've got a few discs that I found the other day. Uh, Millennium Edition. I'm very proud to have owned them. Yeah, yeah, upgrade.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had a disc. Well.
1: second edition, upgrade editions.
0: Mm. I've still got the Windows 3.1 installation floppy disks lying around somewhere.
1: <laughs> Ooh, those are relics. Yeah. Another nice thing about the Windows update um, that you can now, so you know, when you install it, and and, and especially if people like me install Windows a lot, when you don't want to log into an account, Hmm. um, you can now actually log in with just using um, a cell phone number, and it will send you a code, and you can just log in, and have an account set up. Well, it'll have that account set up for you with your your cell phone number, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. And there's also some uh, mixed reality improvements. We know that they've got a massive play with the Holo, uh, Hololens, um, so I think we're going to be starting a lot more software operating system integration um, as these handsets um, kind of get into the consumers' hands. Yeah, because we can all see see a well, you can see a world where we're going to have one of these and put them on in the morning when you start working and have an entire field of view in front of you with, with unlimited options I think it's I'm really looking forward to that uh, mm-hmm. space and time unfortunately I was, I was looking forward to the Huawei hands uh, edge up display but we're not going to get that now are we <laughs> yeah um, I look forward to playing
0: around with Windows 10 update It's um, there's some nice features in there I'll, I'll try the light mode but um, I'm a big fan of dark mode my my Windows is is uh, is dark everywhere my Microsoft Office is dark Chrome is dark every, every app that will allow me to turn to dark mode I do so because I find it's a lot less stressful on my eyes
1: Mm. No, I love it, and it looks. I mean, after what's so it, thirty years now almost of beige and light, ugly coloured windows, mm. it's just rebelling against it. Mm. But it looks good. It really looks good. I mean, uh, Google, uh, your Google um, landing or your homepage in in dark mode is also beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, and the next version of Android is going to have a, a dark mode as well. Not that it's coming to Huawei devices. <laughs>
1: Well, our devices already have a dark mode. Have you set it up yet? No. i always do- already introduced oh, it, guys. Yeah. Uh, I must
0: have yeah, a look. Yeah, just
1: go into the battery settings and uh, there's a, a, a switch that goes. Dark oh, mode. I
0: must go and have a look at that.
1: I've been using it for months, Duncan.
0: Hey, I'm behind the times Yeah, Behind the times. The last item of
1: news we Just switch to a tech news website to read uh, daily. We'll keep you updated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm, I wonder which one I could look at. <laughs> um,. <laughs> The last item of news this week, um, and it's going to be the big uh, story of tomorrow, is Telcom's full year results to the year ended thirty one March twenty nineteen. Um, interesting that their share price has had a very strong run up over the last couple of months, and I think on Friday it closed up about six percent. Um, it must be close to its uh, to uh, to its highest level since it sold out its stake, its fifty percent stake in in Vodacom. So the market's obviously expecting good things from these numbers tomorrow. Um, I think, uh, I think the, the numbers will show their mobile business has continued to grow strongly on the back of those um, aggressively priced uh, free me plans. Um, I, think, I think the market will be uh, watching how the fixed line business is done and also, of course, BCX, um, which is the, um, the uh, enterprise uh, IT services company that they own, which has been underperforming for a number of years now. Um, but certainly the markets are positive on Telcom. The share price is up strongly uh, year on year, um, and we'll be uh, we'll be watching those numbers. It should be out, I think, around 7 or 8 tomorrow morning on the JSE Stock Exchange News Service, and we'll have full rolling coverage on, on Tech Central tomorrow, including a live interview here, right here on YouTube, on this channel with uh, the group CEO, Sipo Maseko, uh, and that'll be happening sometime between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon, just a 20-minute, quick 20-minute interview. Um, but we'll be bringing that to you live here on our YouTube channel. So if you're not already subscribed um, to uh, to our channel, you're watching us on YouTube now, hit that subscribe button and um, hit the bell as well, and you'll be alerted uh, whenever we go live here on Tech Central. Um, it'll pop up on your browser and desktop if you allow YouTube to show you notifications, um, or you'll get a notification or an email on your phone. To let you know that we have gone live. So if you're keen to hear that interview tomorrow with the CEO of Telcom, uh, hit that subscribe button. And, uh, Rechard, that's our news this week. Uh, Let's move on to our regular features. Um, I've picked our winner this week as OpenView, uh, the company that offers, the sister company to ETV, that offers free uh, satellite television into South Africans' homes. And they 've been doing very well they're loss making uh, but their losses have been reduced over the last year but the the number of activations they 've got on the open View decoders is is has risen by about four hundred thousand in the past twelve months and is now sitting at about one and a half million people million households um so if you i don't know what the average household size in South Africa, but let's say it's about four or five um they, you're talking big numbers um you 're talking very big numbers um and so they've they've done very well indeed, and and it again raises the question, um, you know, people there is a demand for for these sort of low cost or free uh, terrestrial television services, and um, do we really need uh, terrestrial when this, these sort of services can be provided as OpenView has proved uh, through satellite? And um, it does make me wonder again, once again, whether um, we're on a hiding to nothing um, by at this late stage still going for DTT or digital terrestrial television when, when perhaps we should just be looking at moving everything out of satellite and freeing up the spectrum for bro- all of the spectrum for broadband our loser this week is uh Huawei for obvious reasons I'm not even going to go back there since we've spoken about it exhaustively this week um but uh, they're our, our loser this week it may end up being our loser of the year depending on how <laughs> this whole story unfolds but uh we'll uh We'll keep a close tag on that, tab on that rather. Richard, what's your pick of the week?
1: So I've been flouting that box around all show. But uh, my (laughs) pick is this very rare because they are very difficult to find. How are they? Uh, The Nokia 105. Yeah, I don't know why. They're probably going out of production. They're probably going to be replaced. There's so many of these cheap handsets now. But I love this one for two reasons and I, somehow I find I give, give them out like business cards these days because people like them so much um, you know if I show them to somebody they're all wanted but for like 250 bucks or so it's just a very nice second backup for now I do some work stuff that I require a, 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 a feature phone um, but now I use it I've got a second SIM in there and uh, I just carry it around as a, as a second device for whatever nefarious reasons I need and no, I'm just joking um, <laughs> I just have it as a second device it's your you burner know? phone as in, in in case I should ever require to phone and whatever something if my phone gets stolen even forbid, or you know I would have a second device on me, you know unlike a, a smartphone this thing st- is on standby for fifteen days I think, um, so it's just one of those phones and it's Nokia. I mean it's a really beautiful. It's it's kind of a little legendary little device. Yeah, if, you, if you they know how to do design. It. Yeah, um, I mean it's simple. It's beautiful. It's got a torch. I mean again it's, it stays in my bag for no other reason as a backup device that I know will be reliable when I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, for 250 bucks, uh, they're beautiful. They, they came in black and white. I had a, a black and blue. Um, I had some black ones, but they are very difficult to get hold of now. But, uh, so if you can get them, grab them, um, I would just get one or two and keep them in a the box somewhere. They also make a great gift for people that don't have phones. Um, yeah. I do some work with guys that kind of do some charity work and for people that don't have basic communication devices, this is a beautiful thing to give to somebody. Mm you'd be surprised uh, everybody's got a got a feature phone but they don't last long in most people's hands just because of how rough people are with them yeah um if they're your main device Um, but this thing is pretty hardy i would recommend it and
0: the battery life is amazing
1: yeah the battery life i mean i I, i've charged it once i charged one of them once it was in my bag um for longer than a month i think the second one i had um and when i switched it on it was off but um no you won't have a problem with battery life if it's if it's even if it's on yeah it's pretty reliable. and i found the reception is pretty good too i went to a farm in the eastern cape and i went there um and it actually had better reception than one of the smartphones in the house which was pretty interesting interesting so not my smartphone obviously but one of the other cheaper <laughs> smartphone devices that just didn't work as well and this thing picked mm. up in a valley perfectly
0: the most important question i need to ask you about this phone though rehat is uh, does it run snake
1: you know, I actually, have never checked, Duncan. No. for us. It probably has Snake, but no, it doesn't have Snake. It doesn't have so Snake. The buttons probably doesn't work. I'll I'll, I'll switch it on now, and uh, I'll let you know. Oh, you that, uh, is that the classic Nokia very, tune? <laughs> so can you see this menu? Yeah, give us a demo. <laughs> so there you can see the very yeah. basic operating system.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's a kind yeah.
1: screen. It's, it's not That's bad. That's amazing. For right? 250 Rand. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got Tetris on. It's got Snake. It's got Snake. Guys. It's got Snake. There we go. There we go. Sold. There we go. I'll take 10. No, this is this is
0: this year's hottest Christmas gift. Right. Fire up, Snake. Give, you your, to-
1: <laughs> give your kids. Can I
0: play it in reverse? Whoa. Uh, yeah. If I give you instructions while you're showing me the screen, then you, we can see if we can play the game together over the internet. Yeah. Well... Oh, there we go. I got that. I Down. can't even see it there. The problem is as soon as I talk, I can't see your visual anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to be a disaster. Uh, okay. Now. Snake, yeah, over, okay I... snake over you just doesn't really work. <laughs> but, yeah, it comes with snake. That's cool. That's I didn't
1: cool. die. I didn't die in my defense. <laughs> but, yeah, look at that battery halfway, and I haven't used this thing for two weeks now.
0: <laughs> Very impressive. Uh, my pick is of uh, this week is an app called uh, AirVisual. I came across it; someone posted it on Twitter this week, I think. And um, it's uh, it's an app that uh, monitors the air quality of cities around the world. Uh, and it's um, it uh, they, they, their purpose seems to be to sell these devices that uh, allow you to monitor air quality. Um, uh, you can buy them through the app. Um, I think it's about three hundred dollars, um, but you can also add. Um, Cities near you. Um, I, mine is p- picking up a, a device in the Randburg suburb of Ro- Robbendale, which is probably, I don't know, about five kilometres or six kilometres from my present location. Uh, but it tells you what the air quality is and also what the forecast air quality is. Um, so really, really interesting. I certainly won't be buying one of these devices, not at about two or three hundred dollars. Um, but people are buying them and they're installing them around the world, and it gives you an idea of what your air quality is like relative to to other cities. So Robbendale right now. Um, which, as I said, is about five or six kilometers from my present location. The air quality is um, moderate, 61, so not great, not poor. So, that's either. a
1: private user who bought one, have it inst- has it installed, and you can see that data.
0: That's correct, yes. Um, I wonder if
1: he knows. I wonder if he knows that you're reading his data.
0: No, I think so. I think if you buy one of these devices, um. you. you you'd...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, does I mean, he know I'm sure he, you would. Your, your... Does he know I'm also reading. Makes his...
0: sense. Does he also know I'm reading <laughs> all his email? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's quite cool let me just show it at the at the uh, at the camera but, uh, let me just try and get this into view um but there you can yeah, see Be- beijing in uh is the second one down so the qual- air quality in beijing right now is substantially better than it is in johannesburg which is rather remarkable um but you can add any city you want and, and, and compare it and also get a forecast now rather worryingly in in robindale the forecast for monday is for severe air quality um the range of two hundred and one to three hundred. I'm not sure what those numbers represent. Maybe the number of particulates in a in a, in a particular space of air. Uh, but it's an interesting app anyway. Um, there doesn't don't seem to be too many people in Johannesburg or South Africa for that matter with these devices. But I'm sure that'll grow. Um, but it's uh, it's an interesting app. Air Visual, one word. You'll find it in the Play Store, and I presume it's on on iOS devices as well. And that that record, I think, is our. Our show. We just need to do our, um, our quiz results. Let me do the first question. Huawei is developing a smartphone operating system that could replace Android on future devices from the company. What is the OS called? And that is Hong
1: Meng. Facebook will reportedly launch its own cryptocurrency, a so called stable coin, early next year. What is it called? And the answer is Global Coin.
0: And the CEO of Eskom announced this week that he is stepping down, citing health reasons. Who is he? And that's Pagamani Hadebe.
1: And uh, the fourth question, Amazon is reportedly working on a wearable device that does what? And the answer is read human emotions. Finally, all those boyfriends can read their girlfriend's inner <laughs> emotions.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about a device that uh, that does that. Um, can warn, warn you. you for, that's what your
1: face and your eyes are for. I mean, yeah. do you read people's? Well, we that's the problem with the digital era.
0: Yeah, we know men are very poor at picking up uh, cues from, 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 uh, from our wives and and, uh, and women. And uh, maybe this will help. Uh, Watch Beeps, have a look. Your wife is mad. (laughs) 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 Probably pop up thing. Probably best that you run now. Um, And the last question in this week's quiz, which South African mobile operator provides the best customer service according to the South African Customer Satisfaction Index? Now, they uh, ranked three companies. Uh, They didn't include Telcom or rain. Um, but of the companies that they ranked, which were MTN, Vodacom, and Cell C, uh, they found that Vodacom was uh, provided the best customer service, which is interesting. I would have guessed Cell C personally, um, but uh, that's the finding of their research.
1: I think we need to we need to redefine what good customer service is first, mm. and then reevaluate these companies because I think the benchmarks are a bit out of whack. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest; most of these companies have. Have uh flaws in terms of that type
0: of thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's our show. Um thanks for watching. If you joined us live on YouTube today, uh podcast will be available uh after the fact on YouTube, of course, will also be available through our normal audio channels, so on iono.fm or on your favorite audio podcatcher, um like Spotify, like Pocket Casts. Um where else are we available, I I forget the Apple iTunes, um so many of them these days. Tune in radio, um, Spotify. Uh, I didn't know it's on Tune In Radio. That's pretty cool.
1: I was not aware of that.
0: We're, we're on Tune In, indeed. Um, just search Tech Central, one word in any of your favorite podcatchers, and uh, the shows will come up. And of course, we do the Cars and Gadgets podcast. The Tech Central podcast, which is where you'll be hearing uh, the. Um, the interview with uh, the Telcom Group CEO tomorrow. And of course, we have some interesting interviews lined up during the course of the week and the following week, including an interview with uh, Vela.com founder um, Fazam Essani, who's going to be talking to us about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency trading. So that's going to be very interesting. That's happening, I think, on the 4th of June. But hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you don't want to miss any of our podcasts. And uh, don't forget to hit the bell button as well. And you'll be notified of uh, the next time we go live. From and myself, thanks for joining us. Until next time, cheers. Ciao, ciao.